What's up, everybody? It's the Roundtable Sports Podcast. My name is Taylor McLean. Today, we're going to take a look at the Cleveland Browns' 41-35 victory over the Tennessee Titans. This was a way more convincing win to me than the actual score says. It's a little deceiving when Tennessee tacked on two really late touchdowns when the game was completely out of reach. I mean, Cleveland still did have to put him away, so to speak. But at the same time, I was thinking when I didn't see much of this game in the second half, you know, on red zone that, you know, something had gone awry and Cleveland had really blown this and nearly let the Titans in. But that score to bring it to a one score game was entirely late and didn't really factor in. This was a big time Cleveland Browns win. And I was so excited to watch this game when I knew what had happened because these two teams remind me a lot of each other. Remind me a lot of each other. Now, they do the same things in a little bit different ways because of the personnel and the, you know, the philosophies on either side. I think for some reason, and I guess probably also colored by this game, that I like the Kevin Stefanski way they're doing it better than I like the way the Tennessee Titans offense works. Now, when I look at them personnel for personnel, you might not automatically think that. Also, the Cleveland Browns have not lost their left tackle, and the Tennessee Titans did, and they lost their backup. So the fact that they're still functioning at the level they're functioning is impressive. And you can't really underestimate the impact of injuries at this point in the seasons. Fantasy football and regular football is a game of attrition. There's a reason Tom Brady went so long between Super Bowl runs You know, it just didn't come together in those years. Injuries happened to the wrong person, and it can sink a football team. Really getting to the Super Bowl is a confluence of a bunch of different things, talents absolutely included. But if you notice, it's not always the best quarterback that wins, or it's not always, you know, the perennial powerhouse that wins like the Patriots. You know, like I said, they had some lean years there, and they got back to it. And they showed a lot of people a lot of different things when they came out and beat, you know, the Chargers by 45 this week. So can't wait to watch that game too. But we're talking about Cleveland right now. Let's get off the Patriots. What what am I doing? Like I said, 35 to 41 doesn't really tell the whole story. Cleveland got up early, got all over the Titans and did their thing. And I loved it. Baker has been a lot better when he has been distributing the ball, not forcing the ball deep down to Odell. The deep ball, he throws it fine, but it's not his strong suit, especially those tight window contested type throws. That's kind of his biggest bugaboo, I would say. And that's where Odell Beckham thrives. And Odell had a point. He was getting some separation, but at the same time, I got to think they're going to move on from Odell. I've been saying it every time I do a Browns game that, they're going to move on from Odell. The offense flows better. They're going to get what they can from him, and they want to run it through everything else. They need to focus on getting more receivers like Jarvis Landry that run tight routes, that get open, that get separation for Baker without having to, you know, him having to force the ball and him having to hear the yap, yap, yap. I got to think he was hearing about how open Odell was on that play or whatever. And like I said, Odell has talent still. We'll see how he comes back from the injury. But I'm just not I've been overall impressed with what he adds to the offense. And it's been kind of a what Bill Simmons calls the Ewing theory, where the team is better without him. And it was immediate after the injury. 
Does that happen? I'm not meaning to go back to that time because we're celebrating. If you're Cleveland, a big time win today. You're not trying to lament, you know, everything that's happened. You're just happy that you finally got on to Kevin Stefanski, despite the year hiatus that you took with the uh, kitchens, which was a disaster, obviously. But I love the way that they are using Baker Mayfield in this offense. They are allowing him to do the things he does well. He's a ninja in the intermediate term. He throws very accurate passes. And- and he throws balls that the receivers are able to catch and run with. That's a big difference in a lot of the quarterbacks. And sometimes I kind of feel like that's part of my problem with Ryan Tannehill is that he doesn't allow the receivers to run a lot when it's in the intermediate term. You don't catch the ball and then run with it. They catch it and fall down a lot of the time. Um, A.J. Brown has been a big revelation for them in that aspect of it. But still, I still think I would take Baker over Tannehill. And that sounds crazy. It sounds crazy. But I just think overall he offers more in the offense, and I, and I think really it's a Baker Stefanski over the Tennessee Titans coordinator and Tannehill combination because they run the ball quite similarly. You know they're both committed. Obviously, you know you see the big back for big back comparison, which we'll talk about the running backs and their play today. But still, I like I like the way Cleveland looked today. And another thing was they got Miles Garrett back today too. And that was a big deal for the defense. Hopefully they can get Denzel Ward back as well. And that will really kick their situation up another level because he was good when he was in there. But Miles was really good today too. And that makes a huge difference. I've been starting the Cleveland Browns defense a lot recently and I'm excited and I'm hoping that they can continue. Now the matchups don't scare, and the matchups don't scare me at all. As a matter of fact, it makes me super excited to have the Cleveland defense in the fantasy playoffs. Now the Ravens next week not as great. You know the Ravens have been up and down, but I gotta think that Lamar playing is gonna make a big difference for the Ravens, and their defense is pretty good. So I don't like that matchup as overall for the Browns, even though it's been softened up a bit by the virus and then just a lackluster year overall by the offense. And then Giants, which have played better, but I still think Cleveland can take advantage. And then, of course, if you can make it to the money round, if you can make it to the fantasy playoffs, who do they get? The best matchup ever, New York Jets. And we know they don't want to win that game. And they just fired Greg Williams. I mean, oh, God, that's a tasty matchup. So if you can get there, like I said, the Giants have been better, but I still like that matchup for them. And then the Jets, I'm on board. Giddy up. Cleveland Browns now. Hopefully you can survive the Ravens. And even still, if you're starting one of the Cleveland options already, you're probably still going to start them. But because, like I said, Ravens have been softened up a little bit and they can't be full strength for that game. But they'll be desperate too. They've got to win these games to try and get in the playoffs. So should be an interesting matchup for that part. But still, like I said, if you can get to the money rounds with your Cleveland Browns, then you're going to be good to go. Now, I don't think you were really counting on Baker as a QB one at this point, even with the big production today, hopefully you have him as your third quarterback in a best ball league, something like that, because he's probably on your bench at this point, which is fine. Uh, He has had six games where he's thrown under 200 yards, not his issue. It's a volume situation because they are so committed to running the ball. And if they are successful to do so, then they don't have to pass and they, and they'll just run you over and they're fine with that. And, I'm okay with that too. Most teams should be. And Cleveland has just had a healthy offensive line that they've built up and they've got Nick Chubb running the ball. And then they've got Kareem Hunt behind him who has 
close talent. And then that's a big time situation for any team to have that going on, to have that one, two punch. And while it's kind of split their fantasy value a little bit, the Browns have realized they have to feature Nick Chubb as a big part of this. Now they still are giving carries to Kareem Hunt in the goal line down the stretch and using him. So you have to be aware of that. And that's one of the reasons that it keeps Nick Chubb from being a top five pick at this point, which is fine. That's where you, that's not where you drafted him. You expected to bake in some of this Kareem Hunt action and that's fine. For Nick Chubb, they've realized that they have to feature him, and he is the part of the offense that makes them go. And he is their best goal line back, and he does get opportunities there. And with the offense playing better overall and Baker you know, converting third downs and playing better, that's a big boost to the offense, and that's a situation that you want to have a piece of going down the stretch. Like I said, even though the Giants have been playing better, I'm still just not all that afraid. And I, like I said, when I know they're going to have to feature Nick Chubb, I'm not afraid to use him. Cream Hunt, it does kind of lower his ceiling a little bit because they might not be as dominant running at those times. But if you can get to that Jets game, you just got to think you're there and you got to go for it. Um, as far as the receiving options go, it's still just Jarvis Landry for me mostly. You know, today people's got loose on the big play, you know, that, and for the touchdown, that's great. That was out of the blue a little bit as far as what he's been doing. And then Rashard Higgins has also been a downfield threat. And I like that for them. And then that's a big boost to the offense overall. But I just don't know if I'm trusting him outside of like, you know, a desperation wide receiver three. Like the the benches are really deep and you've had to go there. I mean, he's going to be out there and he's going to get targeted. It's just a question of how much volume do they have on a given day. This was a lot of throws for them, which is a good thing. They need to have that balance because, you know, when you're running the ball so successfully, you get the get people up at the Ryan of scribbage and you throw it over the top of them. That's what you're supposed to do. And they did a great job of scheming things on the Titans and the Titans secondary is not their strength in the first place. So they needed to be able to take advantage of it. And they did today. And that's a credit to them. Now it wasn't all just dominant long drives and all that. The defense did a good job of getting some takeaways and limiting the Titans early on too. So you can't just give it all to, you know, everything that happened on the offense. And like I said, you're still starting Jarvis Landry. He still has some of the volume issues because he doesn't move down the field as much on some of the throws. So he's, he's being more possession oriented, which is good. But at the same time, his average yards in the air just isn't what it was or what it can be when they're really throwing the ball down the field. So you want to be aware of that. But I kind of think that this offense is really going to churn through him because he is getting so much separation and he is so explosive in those short area type throws where Baker really thrives. So keeping on with my Jarvis, but I just don't know if I'm trusting the rest of it. And uh, Austin Hooper isn't getting enough volume to be worth it either. Great win, though. All that's fantasy football talk. I mean, it's still a great win and it's still got to give Browns fans a lot of confidence does probably sap a little confidence from the Tennessee Titans but you know what when you run into a team that's so specific in what they do and you have trouble stopping it and then they kind of are able to hit you like they hit you it's just a tough day overall especially for the Titans when they get down like they got down you know it's tougher for them to come back than a lot of teams just because of the way their offense is oriented you know Tannehill was able to rack up the yards and the touchdowns today but Still, overall, it's still hard to put my finger on what it is that I'm just a, he's just a little bit behind on. And I think it's the decision-making overall sometimes. It doesn't always throw with anticipation. 
lot of, lot of sometimes the ball sails on him a bit. I don't know. It just overall leaves me wanting more. And I love the options on the outside and even on the inside for the Titans. So I don't know why the offense struggles at times to move the ball. It may be because, you know, they're only throwing once, you know, and that if they don't make that pass, there's a three and out. But overall, they got work today. And when Derrick Henry gets shut down the way they shut him down, it's a tough overall day for the Titans. And like I said before, when I was talking about the Browns, the score doesn't really tell the tale on this. You know, the Browns were up so much at that point, they kind of backed off a bit and allowed, you know, allowed those scores to happen. Not really, but I mean, you know, teams kind of back off when they get up as much as Cleveland was, and they were willing to let them work the underneath passes. Like I said, I can't really put my finger on what it is that Tannehill just doesn't quite do. It doesn't quite get the Tennessee Titans there. Because the arm talent's there, he's athletic. I just think there's a small slowness to his decision-making sometimes. If he doesn't see it, he doesn't throw guys open, those type of things that, you know, the more elite quarterbacks do. So I want to see more from Ryan Tannehill. I want to see him throw with anticipation. And I want to see A.J. Brown be able to run with the ball when he catches it. And he does. And when he does, it's a big-time thing for the offense. I was scared to death. I thought I saw him go down with a non-contact injury. And he did get helped off the field. But he came back in and and seemed to be fine. So that's a big-time boost for the offense. And clearly, they focused on him more than they did Corey Davis in this game because he was able to get loose uh, and really has made himself a good deal of money by showing to be healthy this season and to really be showing NFL talent, not for the first time because he's flashed it for a long time, but just having the health and then really just showing that he's put a lot of his skills together and seems like he also might have gained like five pounds because he looks really muscular out there and looks like he's really committed, and which is scary when you're trying to commit money to him. And it'll be interesting to see if the Titans look to re-sign him. I got to think that, you know, despite today, there's been plenty of clunkers where he probably wasn't starting for all that many people necessarily. But, man, he looks explosive and he's making big catches and they rely on him a good deal. And like I said, you would think with those type of weapons, with Derrick Henry, with – I like Pruitt. I like the t- Ferkser. I like – Johnu Smith, why doesn't it all come together as an offense? You know, I get that the line hasn't been producing as much and the running game outside of last week hadn't been as productive, but it just didn't make sense today. And, of course, like I said, Miles Garrett coming back was big for the Titans. So I'm a little perplexed by the Titans and what's going to happen as far as the playoffs go, but I'm not really worried about the options for the next three games, which is what's important for fantasy. Let's talk about that schedule. Jacksonville Jaguars, Detroit Lions, Green Bay Packers. Now Packers do represent one of the best teams in NFC. They'll probably still be fighting for the number one seed at that point. So they'll be bringing it, but they have trouble stopping the run. Guess what the Tennessee Titans like to do? They like to run. So that matchup doesn't scare me as much as you might think overall. But when you're talking about the Jaguars and the Lions who can't stop anybody, and then, like I said, the Packers that have trouble stopping the run, that's a recipe for success. So obviously you're looking at 
A.J. Brown, you're looking at Derrick Henry, you're starting them. If you're in a two-quarterback league, you're probably going to start Ryan Tannehill as well during some of those times. Depending on the situation, hopefully you have something better because he's been so up and down if you're that far in the league. But still, I love that schedule for the Tennessee Titans down the stretch. So obviously you're going to move Derrick Henry. or You never moved him in the first place. And also it was tough to watch him get sniped on the touchdown too by Jeremy McNichols who – Eh, doesn't really do much for me. So tough day, and hopefully it didn't cost you your league. But he's been playing so good, you probably had a bunch of wins already stacked up at that point anyway. So hopefully I'm not talking to you and you lost your league because of the, today and because of Jeremy McNichols st- sniping that touchdown. But like I said, huge days coming up. Jacksonville, Lions, pa- Packers. Too bad they don't get to play the Texans in the fantasy playoffs as well because I imagine that would be a tough day as well for the Texans. So, A.J. Brown, Corey Davis, I'm definitely starting A.J., obviously, in that schedule-type situation. I think you're probably thinking about Corey Davis a little bit, too. This kind of tantalized you a little bit with the big score. But, man, sometimes they get up and they run the ball and they don't have to throw, and that can lead to kind of some boomer-bust-type days for these options. Clearly, you're not thinking about anybody else as far as the tight ends without any sort of reason or rhyme that they use the tight ends at all, which certainly depresses me a bit as far as that kind of crosses them off as a team that I'm going to be looking at their tight ends likely unless somebody really steps up and they start featuring him. But still, like I said, A.J. Brown, Corey Davis, maybe a little bit more boom and bust. I love A.J. Brown, though, so I don't think you're stepping away from him if you've been starting him at this point. With that, Especially with that pansy schedule, he should be able to get loose at least once or twice in those games. So we'll see if he can take advantage of that going down the stretch in the fantasy playoffs. Well, that's what I've got for this game. Like, listen, subscribe, and of course, as I've been saying, download. That's the most important one for your boy, so support the podcast, download, take this information, Go out there, make, the, make good starts, win your fantasy playoffs, and have a great rest of your day.